0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, it is so incredibly exciting uh, to see us gathered here together. I, uh, I also wanna extend greetings to our visitors today. Um, We are so happy that you're at Asbury, and I want you to know you are always, you're always welcome on our campus. So thank you for being here today. And of course, a hearty amen to everything that Dr. Baldwin said. Uh, There's so much to think about and talk about, uh, but the, the, the beating pulse of our heart is gratitude. And you heard that reflected. C.S. Lewis, the final sermon that he gave, it was called A Slip of the Tongue, and he opened it with this, and I I love this statement. He said that any layman seeking to preach should not view themselves as instructing, but at best, comparing notes. So, in that spirit, I want to share with you today. This will be a little bit different from other chapels, but In the spirit of comparing notes, I want to share with you. And to start this, I I want to talk about another C.S. Lewis sermon. It was a sermon he gave at the very beginning of World War II in Oxford. And it was a sermon called Learning in Wartime. The sermon took up the question of whether education should continue while Britain was at war. And to an outsider, university and academic life seemed trivial in comparison to the stakes of life and death that were occurring during that time. Lewis writes, is it not like fiddling while Rome burns? But Lewis argued that not only is learning and education important during war, it's actually indispensable. That is, its importance is accentuated during this time. It's not minimized. Now, we've not been in a war, thank goodness, but we have been, obviously, in a global pandemic. And in his message, Lewis emphasizes that we can't postpone learning until conditions are more favorable. You and I, we're always learning. We're always learning. In that spirit, I want to share with you, I want to compare notes with you on some points of learning that I have experienced over this last year. Specifically, I want to share 25 points of learning. This is where you would groan like, oh, 25. where's the Chick-fil-A? Uh, is it here yet? Don't worry, they're short. These are, these are more like uh, observations and, and some aphorisms that I want to provide. Uh, I want to share some things that are good for our spiritual souls and some other things that I believe constitute some good wisdom. All right, so 25 things. Here we go. Number one, we need each other. We need each other. My favorite John Wesley quote, if you've had me in class, you've undoubtedly heard this probably numerous times, uh, but he says, with an honest openness of mind, let us always remember the kindred between person and person and cultivate that happy instinct whereby in the original constitution of our nature, God has strongly bound us one to another. And the reason I love this quote is Wesley is making an anthropological statement about humans. It's not that we want to be around each other or it's convenient to be with others. He's saying this constitutes our makeup. We're relationally constituted Individuals. We need one another. All right, number two, related to number one. Digital platforms and virtual events can help to mediate and facilitate existing relationships quite well, I've found. But they cannot replace proximity with friends and loved ones. Important things are occurring when we come into the presence of one another, important things happen when we gather in person, together, like we are today. Important things transpire when we can see into one another's eyes. The greatest example of this, obviously, is Christ himself. Emmanuel, God with us, and not simply God with us, but God among us. Jesus breaking bread with us, laughing, crying, teaching, guiding beside us, one of us. And and hear me out. I'm not a a codgy, crusty, technology-fearing Luddite. Like, I I like technology. Uh, We use it a lot. I'm simply saying something important, something non-transferable is happening in proximity with one another, in the presence of one another. All right, number three. When you're on Zoom and you're asked to pray, don't bow your head in front of the camera. And especially don't do that if you're bald. <laughs> and especially don't do that if you're bald and you're praying in front of over 3000 people during a virtual hybrid film festival. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> Number 4. <laughs> Some things are right and wrong. Some things are trade-offs. When you're confronted with a right and wrong decision, do the right thing. When you are confronted with a trade-off decision, consider all the relevant information and make the best judgment that you can given the circumstances. And it is very easy to confuse these categories. So pray for wisdom to know the difference. Number five, if you want eggs Don't look any further than Wilmore because everyone got chickens over the last year. (laughs) My daughter went from zero to ten in just a matter of months, so uh, we have plenty of eggs. Number six, in conditions of uncertainty, it is okay to make mistakes. More important than the mistake you make is how you respond after the mistake. How are you making things right? What are you learning? What changes will you make as a result? This is how you and I learn and grow. I mentioned my kids earlier, they, they sometimes are so terrified of making a mistake. But I try to point out to them, don't be terrified of making a mistake, be thinking about how you respond after a mistake is made. Number seven, when you put on a mask and you say, wow, this mask, mask smells really weird. That's not your mask, that's your breath. (laughs) Again, so I've been told. Number eight, we are never in control as much as we would like to think we are. We are always more vulnerable than we would like to imagine. Despite our best efforts to protect and to fortify and to insulate ourselves, we're always a step away from tragedy. Number nine, In times of panic, fear, and uncertainty, people evidently really care about toilet paper. (laughs) Point of learning. Ten. As Mark Twain put it, history does not necessarily repeat itself, but it often rhymes. We need to pay attention to history. If we look at the Spanish flu pandemic a century ago, we find similarities that are very instructive for our present moment. So when we're confronted with contemporary challenges, history provides us with a catalog of patterns worthy of our consideration. William James says, history is a rivalry of patterns. History matters. Number 11, the social norms of handshakes versus hugs is pretty awkward. Somehow, the global pandemic has intensified this awkwardness. Number 12. Please hear this one. The first hour of the day is your most important hour. This has always been true, but this truth has been especially evident to me over this last year. Psalm 5, uh, the psalmist says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice, in the morning I plead my case to you and watch. The first hour of the day is an opportunity to center yourself through reading, prayer, devotion, quiet time and reflection. I love this Hamlet statement. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. You've heard that before. The first hour of the day is your opportunity to accord yourself with the more things on heaven than on earth. When change and uncertainty and fear and anxiety swirls outside my door, It's all the more important to affix myself to enduring truths and to open my eyes to the wider story of God's love and engagement for the world. Your first hour of the day is the most important hour. And can I say, among other things, that it reminds us that our freedom is not as bonded to our circumstances as we might like to think. Madame Gayo, Uh, wrote this wonderful little poem. She says, my cage confines me round. Abroad, I cannot fly. And though my wing is closely bound, my heart's at liberty. My prison walls cannot control the flight, the freedom of the soul. That's freedom. Not expansion of choice, uh, the freedom to be bound to something where we can experience the flight and the freedom of the soul. Number 13, The word unprecedented was popular, then it was tired, then it was overused, and then it was annoying. And all that happened in about a week. (laughs) Fourteen, widespread tragedy never affects people uniformly. Vulnerable people are always more vulnerable than before. Elderly individuals have perished at a far greater rate than younger generations over this last year. Minoritized individuals have suffered greater financial distress and joblessness during COVID-19. Low-income households are even more financially precarious than before. And millions upon millions of young students have had a disrupted educational experience whose effects will not become clear for years to come. Widespread tragedies never affect people uniformly. Number 15, and this has been very key to me this last year, there is a big difference, there is a significant difference between the statement, God, get me out of this, and the statement, God, your will be done. Our inclination is to the former, but the Christian tradition compels us to the latter. In all things, God's will is better than our own will. 16. It's sometimes easy to forget that all people bear the image of God. Of course, we know that sin has distorted God's image, but it's still there. Wesley said, Now the instrument being quite out of tune. This has implications for how we perceive and how we treat those who are around us. 17. Humans are indeed prone to mistakes and misjudgments, but we have this incredible capacity to adapt. This year, we saw digital graduation ceremonies, Thanksgiving meals that occurred outside, remote productivity, driveway concerts, a bubble NBA playoffs, grocery delivery, online fundraisers, social bubbles, renewed neighborhood walks and renewed neighborliness, and of course, mobile ordering, thank you Chick-fil-A and North Lime Donuts. (laughs) When conditions change, people adapt. 18, hiking is good for the body. It's really good for the soul. 19, it is okay to have dessert every night as long as it kept your kids busy during the day baking it. We threw away a lot of dessert this last year. (laughs) 20, our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.18 through 22, for many live as the enemies of the cross of Christ. I've often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is their destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we await and are expecting a savior the lord jesus christ he will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself 21 paul's epistles are about ethical and moral teaching right and wrong proverbs is about wisdom wise and foolish We need to read them both. And both are relevant. 22. We can do hard things, and hard things are best done together. 23. Sometimes personal freedom conflicts with the common good. When it does, Christ compels us to first consider the common good. As Christians, we're called to be unique. I quoted Flannery O'Connor a few weeks ago, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you odd. One of the ways we are unique is that we do not prioritize autonomy and individuality in the same way that the world does. Sometimes personal freedom conflicts with the common good. When it does, Christ compels us to first consider the common good. 24, even a year into the global pandemic, people still forget to unmute themselves when they're on Zoom. I know I do. Last but not least, 25, hear this. God does not change. The kingdom is not shaken. The command to love God and love others is not altered. The old hymn says it best. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Do you believe that? I do. Let me conclude. During that 1939 sermon at Oxford, learning in wartime, Lewis said the following. He said, The war creates no new situation. It simply aggravates the permanent human situation so much so that we can no longer ignore it. Lewis leaves us with two takeaways in that message that I think are very relevant for our time here and perhaps a relevant way to close our school year together. First, write your future in pencil. Write your future in pencil. Lewis says this, never in peace or war or for our purposes in a pandemic or non-pandemic, never commit your virtue or your happiness to the future. Happy work is best done by the person who takes their long-term plans somewhat lightly and works rather from moment to moment as to the Lord. It is only our daily bread that we are encouraged to ask for. The present is the only time in which any duty can be done or any grace received. We have a lot of seniors here today, students who will greatly be missed and who are currently planning their futures as they should. But seniors, can I I tell you, remember, we're encouraged to ask for daily bread, the grace to live faithfully into each new day, whatever it may bring. We're encouraged to live faithfully this day and to write our future in pencil. Second final takeaway, give your life and live your life for your Creator give your life to your creator, live your life for your creator. Lewis tells us that Christianity doesn't exclude any ordinary human activity. You and I live day to day like many others do. But he says this, a person may have to die for their country, but no person must in any exclusive sense live for their country he or she who surrenders themselves without reservation to the temporal claims of a nation or a party or a class is rendering unto Caesar that which, of all things, most emphatically belongs to God themselves. Asbury, if if we've learned nothing over this last year, let us learn this, our life should be a sacrifice to God and a blessed aroma unto others. A living sacrifice, Paul says, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Nothing is more important. And this truth is only accentuated and highlighted during a pandemic, not something to be minimized and cast to the side. Can you and I learn and relearn, and rehearse this truth together, regardless of the circumstances we, our community, our country, or our world find ourselves within. But can I end where Dr. Baldwin began? Please hear my thanks, my graciousness, my deep thanks to you. Uh, I look back over this year, and I just think of all the fears and anxieties. One of the chief anxieties being, will we have a year together? And it was your embrace, students, of our highly modified semester that allowed us to gather and be in proximity with one another. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And to our seniors, you will be so deeply missed. But I hope you feel that Asbury is home, and I hope you know that you are always welcome here. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would constantly learn. And Lord, whatever the circumstances are outside of us, help us to have an internal freedom, the flight, the freedom of the soul, because we are bound in a relationship to you. Father, I pray that whatever the circumstances outside, Lord, that we would constantly be learning. We would be doing hard things. We would seek to do them together. And Lord, whatever the circumstances may be outside, Father, I pray that we would see our lives, live our lives, give our lives as a sacrifice holy and pleasing unto you and as a blessed aroma unto others. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can gather. And I pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.